Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 344. It's an all-star break edition because nobody's playing games, so we get time to kind of relax and decompress from the stupidity of our favorite baseball team, uh, and we'll get into everything first half, all-star break, and everything in between, but before we get set, got to give a big thank you to our sponsors who make this podcast happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, check out the new additions to the Small Batch Collective, and everything in between at TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to check out, use our code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order. And we are in the full swing of stateside summer. It's the summer of stateside, stateside vodka, the best vodka on the market. It is made right in our backyard in Philadelphia, seven times distilled, certified gluten-free, it's, it's real vodka. It's actively hydrating, and they got the vodka sodas on deck at statesidevodka.com. So go get your vodka sodas. That's real juice, real stateside vodka, 95 calories, two carbs. You can't beat it. And, uh, of course, you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenny's on tap. Kenwood Beer, big-time gamblers. They, uh... They took the advice of Twitter, put the money on uh, on Italy in the Euro, and they're giving some of the money away. So shout out to Kenwood for being uh, for the people. But go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker. And, of course, you got to be 21 or older to crack open an ice-cold Kenny. And please drink responsibly. What's going on, man? It's the all-star break. We haven't had to deal with the the foolishness of the Phillies uh, for a couple days, and it's been kind of relaxing. The uh, Philadelphia anti-vaxxers, yeah, it's been nice. <laughs> we'll get right into it. The Phillies, right before the All-Star break, Aaron Nola is supposed to be on the mound on Sunday. Uh, we figure out that Alec Bohm gets removed from Saturday's game uh, due to a positive COVID test. He tests positive for COVID-19, asymptomatic. Uh, Aaron Nola and... Connor Brogdon. Connor Brogdon. I think it was Nola and Bailey Falter were close contacts, and then Connor Brogdon was like inconclusive or something like that with his test. But those four on the COVID IL, uh, and Joe Girardi has no idea when they're going to be back either. So that's always fantastic uh, when you're right in the thick of things in one of the worst divisions in baseball, and you're trying to win the division so you can make the playoffs for the first time in a decade. I think you've summed it up as, as nicely as you can. I think it's stupid. Uh Last July, 
early August. Yep. COVID outbreak. Like uh, second week of the season. No big deal. Here we are again. Uh, time is truly a flat circle, except this time there's frankly no excuse for it. And the fact that you are one of the very few teams of baseball that hasn't reached the 85%. One of uh, seven. One of seven. Um, that you haven't reached that 85% threshold in terms of vaccination is stupid. You, with the vaccine widely available now, and when I say widely available, I mean literally like if you are an adult, even if you're like a teenager, you could go to your Rite Aid or CVS or Walgreens and get the vaccine today. No questions yep. asked. It's really, really, and it's been that way for months now too. So to me, there's no excuse to be having uh, any kind of COVID outbreak situation or any kind of close contact tracing situation at, at this point in the season and this deep into you know, where in America you can very simply get the vaccine. So it's stupid, it's unnecessary, and that's why it's so fundamentally Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, it is so on brand with how dumb this team is. Uh, and then I don't know if you saw the comments after from Matt Gell, but a fantastic article in The Athletic uh, from Brandon Kinsler saying that his injury was more than likely due to him getting the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine okay pal he tried to claim that there was science behind that so then archie bradley also on board with that theory and here's the one that makes zero sense dd gregorius so like part of me wants to give these guys the benefit of the doubt especially with what dd was saying you said it was it was with his elbow right that his like yeah had like some elbow issue yeah tommy john surgery so like part of me wants to give them the benefit of the doubt and say like maybe because their arm was sore after the shot that's the only is, thing I can that's like think the of. only thing i could think of where like okay your arm is super sore so maybe that like throws off your either throwing or batting motion and maybe that could like i could see how yeah. you could like compensate then your arm like and another muscle could get like strained it doesn't seem like that's what they're saying no. though and um also you know the report is that there are uh, major vocal leaders within the locker room that uh have been against the vaccination look it's I wonder who that could be. Yeah, I wonder if uh <laughs> if Mice Barper is one of those names. <laughs> Mr. QAnon himself. Um listen, it's stupid, it's immature, and it's, it's reckless. Selfish. It's selfish, it is. It it's just it's very dumb at this stage to just like thumb your nose up at it and act like it's no big deal. Um I mean, you've had a player on this team and Scott Kingery who had COVID and it very seriously affected his future as a player. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're an athlete, you should be taking every precaution you can. Like these guys do, think of all the prep work they do in the offseason. Think of all the workouts they do, any kind of meal planning, nutrition, any kind of recovery that they're doing. Think of all that Think goes, of all the Toradol they're probably putting in their body right, that's way worse for them. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you think of all these things that athletes do to, like, get themselves ready for the next game or the next week and the preparation they do in the offseason and the recovery that they do and the hours that you put in. And to just not do this extra thing that has been clearly explained to not just be good for your own health but, like, a – the public's health in like the biggest public health crisis in a century. I don't know, man. Like it's hard to like see your point. <laughs> yeah, like, it I just mean, truly you had fans is. like saying like I got the vaccine so I could go back to Citizens Bank Park and watch these guys, and they couldn't do the same for us. Like that. That's just again like terrible 
leadership in this organization just i i truly don't get how it's like, embarrassing yeah it's just it's just incredibly we need to roll back the uh, <laughs> the thesaurus segment we had for a new word right. for embarrassing because it, it's just i feel so... i feel vexed yes <laughs> i feel vexed about the vax situation <laughs> it's insane like we are like at this point last year they weren't even playing baseball yet like I don't get how these guys are, are. I mean, do they want cardboard cutouts again? Like, really? I just, I don't get it. I don't get. I, I, I really just struggle with with this one because it's just so very frustrating. Where so many things have like started to go right, you've had like full stadiums again. Like you just had All Star Weekend and the Home Run Derby. Like that was those were types of events that like you didn't know when you were going to see those yep. again, especially because they're like kind of superfluous and they're not really like as like it's not as important, right? So like just I don't know it it's just it sucks and I, I didn't like Joe Girardi either like kind of just laying down and taking it here like very on brand for him take some responsibility like listen like ultimately too like if you're just thinking forget the public health issue forget you know the your own health issue it's a it's a competitive was right it's a competitive disadvantage it yeah. just frankly is the fact that this could happen at any point you know you're traveling all the time you're in rooms with strangers all the time now like with because everything's opened again like it's not like you know last summer where everywhere you go there's precautions and obviously there's no vaccine then right but it's not like that you know like everyone you're coming into contact with tons and tons of people now you could easily still get this and now you know you have contact tracing which means like four or five guys are also out and it screws the team we saw it derail the, the season last year because of the, all the double headers it had it had to eat up. You're not going to get that this year. MLB is just going to tell you to suck it up and figure it out. Yep. Because you have you the got vaccine a taxi squad. Yeah, like it's just all the minor league teams are playing. Figure it out. It's just dumb. You know, like you're three and a half games out of first place. They don't care. <laughs> it's like you just had like we went into last weekend saying it'd be a success if they just won one of those games against the Red Sox. They win the series. They win three or four from the Cubs. They they're on a hot streak going into the All Star game. They're at five hundred in second place, and then Saturday night rolls around into Sunday, and it's just like, oh, cool. Our our quote unquote ace is not going to pitch now. We have to have Brandon Kinsler open the game, and then you know, luckily they win. And shout out to the guys who did play and who were able to play, because um, that was the thing too. You know, I saw a lot of people like bashing the team in general it's like there's still guys on this team that like you can root for like yeah, Reese Hoskins Reese Hoskins <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon um you know there's still guys that like deserve you know support from the fans and everything but like it's this team is just so unlikable in, yeah. in so many facets it's unbelievable right it is it's just just sucks because <laughs> you know it, it really it really sours your opinion on them when stuff like this happens but um what are you gonna do right i mean it's just it's one of out seven of control. It, it's it sucks that it's my boy too literally my boy yeah, alec bone it's our that our really guy. stings you know like i i've been waving this dude's flag and him Aranola. <laughs> yikes 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 I just, at my... Just get the vaccine, man. It's not that hard. Like, listen. 
we were online like at 3 a.m. like it was a sneakers app drop trying to get a, an appointment for ours. And then you can just walk into any store like the dude in SpongeBob. Just, like, just turn man. those fryers on. Just listen. Like, if you, if you want life to go back to normal, here's your here's your route. There was a time where I guarantee whatever job you have, whatever company you work for, was probably willing to pay you yeah. to get this thing. Give you extra money in your pocket. Plus, it's like I'm sure all these guys went to uh, public school one way or another. Had to get vaccines right. to go there. <laughs> right. Well, we can't. We can't admit that. Can we? It's just. It's just. It's very dumb. Yeah. And it's. It's, it's reckless. Irresponsible. Again, if you want to even throw all the health issues out of the way, if you're simply talking baseball, it is a competitive disadvantage to not have your team at this threshold. Because again, this can and could happen again. Yep. Like it, it's not unlikely that this happens again. And what if it happens in September? What if it happens yeah. if they're there in October? Like. Yeah. What if this happens in? in let's say. A miracle happens, and the team actually makes the playoffs. And it's say you make a play-in, and you have one game, and you have Aaron Nola not available, or you have you know a, a key player not Alec available. Boom, not available. You it's know, so so dumb. But you, you kind of don't expect anything different from our from our Phillies, do you? Just makes us appreciate Reese Hoskins that much more. God bless him. Uh, speaking of that Red Sox series, though, did you see the Vince Velasquez? brawl with the fan verbally brawling with some asshole fan that i appreciate it you gotta you gotta remember that uh athletes are players too yep and they're a lot bigger than you <laughs> they're a lot I, stronger <laughs> it, it made like vince is like he struggled of late but like overall this season for what we know vince velasquez to be he's been good and like it just made me love vince velasquez like i was like good for you man you don't, like, you don't, don't take shit from some fan listen you can boo i'm i'm fine with like booing players yeah. like you know like cuz at the end like, they get that and yeah like there's definitely that really but like you definitely cross lines like especially if they're like walking to the team bus like you you support your players no matter what like at the end of the day like unless they're like truly like garbage human beings and mm-hmm. they've done something truly terrible then you can like throw the talent on them but like at the end of the day like you're not who are you helping by yeah. like telling him he sucks? Like that's not <laughs> you're not improving the situation. Just get behind the guy, you know. Like it's he doesn't deserve that, and I, I think it's just kind of childish to do that. And also, like, did you not expect like for someone to react? To that? Right. I whenever something like this happens, I always think back to there's a clip from I forget which NBA Finals it was. This uh, lady yells to LeBron. I can't even repeat what she yells. Uh, but she calls him all types of uh, vulgar language, and he turns and looks at her, and some security goes like, "Hey, watch your mouth, woman!" And she like, oh, the the color leaves her face. Not that she was, you know, you can imagine what color she was. Yeah. <laughs> um, she just absolutely like a ghost, like a she. She's like, "What? I'm sorry, what?" Like she's like <laughs> pretending like she can't hear. And it's like that's the moment I always think of. Like, you forget sometimes that a like. They're people too, yep. and they could like react to that, and like LeBron could easily like I don't know, just beat the shit out of you, because <laughs> like, you know he's like 6'10", 250 pounds. Um, he would ha- he would make like quick work out of any human being. So it's just you know you can't forget that at the end of the day, like just because you're a fan doesn't give you like impunity to just like hurl abuse at whoever just for any reason, you know. And the guys can talk back to you. And they can they can give you some too. Yeah. And sometimes you deserve it. <laughs> sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. 
Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Some of the like people like that like stay behind your keyboard. Like don't, don't go- even stay behind your keyboard. Just like seek help. Like, yeah, make that a friend. Too. Maybe like kick a tire instead. Like light some garbage on fire. Like just do something more productive with your time than than do stuff like that. Because like the world. Because I guarantee you we don't need say that if there was no. There's no guardrail there. No other people around. It's, He's it's not a, saying it's that. like it's like it's like when people go into retail stores and treat the people there mm-hmm. like garbage. You know, like they because the the power dynamic is completely different because yep. they know that whatever they're saying to that person, if that person's wearing a uniform or it's in this situation, Vince Velasquez is obviously not gonna like malice in the palace. This guy, he knows that, so he knows that he can still like get away with saying this, and the worst he gets is Vince Velasquez yelling at him mm-hmm. and and calling him fat. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like and that's like it. He knows he's not gonna face him like physical harm for saying this but i tell you there's a lot of people that i think just need to be punched in the face and and haven't had that retribution in their life yet and you again you have to be careful because a lot of times you say you say some of these things to the wrong person you can say it to vince velasquez i guess and all you're gonna get is reamed out for it but you say that at a bar you say that to just the wrong person on the street you might lose your life as the old <laughs> phrase goes fuck around and find <laughs> out some people have some people have um, All-Star game, though. JT Real Muto hits a home run. First home run by a Philly in the All-Star game since Mike Schmidt. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> since 1981. Oh, my God. Wait, does that mean in two years we're going to win a World Series? I'm trying my best here. <laughs> here we go. Uh, And then Zach Wheeler gets absolutely disrespected so by Dave Roberts. Only gets one batter to face. Strikes him out on three pitches. Shout out to the Wheeler family. Zach Wheeler's brother's been following us on Twitter since Zach Wheeler signed here. Uh, big fans of the Wheelers. But um, I saw an article today. I'm going to pull it up because we tweeted it out. Um, and it made, a, it made a lot of like tinfoil hat fan theory sense. And I wanted to get your take on it because Max Scherzer ends up starting the All Star game because so Jacob Degrom stupid. Uh, was scratched. But there was an article from, and I want to give proper credit because it was a really good story. Um, at GF Star with two R's on GF Star One. Her name's Gabrielle. Uh, she writes for the Phillies fan sided account. Um, so there's a fan theory swirling around why Zach Wheeler only got. One in one batter to face, and why he didn't start the All Star game, um, and it's that Dave Roberts could be buttering up the Washington Nationals to set in motion a trade for Max Scherzer at the deadline, due to that scumbag Trevor Bauer. Now his leave of absence has been extended to July twenty seventh as of today, um, so a lot of people are theorizing that the Dodgers could end up trying to strike a deal, get Max Scherzer to waive his no-trade clause, get dealt to the Dodgers, and help the Dodgers try to repeat. I hate the Dodgers, (laughs) man. I don't like it. 
It's just it's bizarre to me because Zach Wheeler outside the like, best pitchers in a in a Jacob Degromless NL and even baseball you could argue he's the best pitcher, and for him to get one batter is stupid. He should have started the game. Ah mm-hmm. uh, man, that doesn't sit right with me. But yeah, who knows if it's true either? You know, it it is at the end of the and then Dave Rod- or- it, No matter which way you cut it, like again, when when you have a guy that's been as good as Zach Wheeler, you just he deserves more time than he got. That's just that's just the end of it. And then Dave Roberts said that he was trying to pay homage to the Nationals not being able to have their staff on oh the All Star game. God. And it's like pay homage to this ratio. You, you, you could have invited Davey Martinez to be on your staff for the All Star game. It's not that that difficult to do. Like, what are we doing here? Oh um, yeah, if there's if there's one team that just got totally robbed, I mean, you know, like it's just God, my the robbers bleeds, themselves. My heart bleeds for the Washington Nationals. Jesus. Uh, but I I did love that Zach Wheeler just went out there one two three got Matt Olson out and it was like the biggest fuck you Mike drop. It's just so stupid. To cap off his first half. Well, good for Zach Wheeler, though. Good for JT. Two Phillies, good showing at the at the All-Star game, which is nice. Um, the baseball All-Star game kind of, I don't know. Do you think it lost its luster once they, they got rid of it counting for even home the, field? Even then, like, the problem was is, like, they had that as an incentive for players to care about it and for fans to care about it. But here's the thing. One, doesn't help that it's like as one-sided as it is. Mm-hmm. The NL has won like three times in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been it's just... eight straight years now for the American. League. And before that, I think they won like a few times, and then it was like fourteen straight years before yeah. that. Like it's just always, it's pretty much always been the AL. Like, why not just do what every other sport has done? And like, hey, like Let's one conference is typically dominating this. How about we like have a draft? You know, and I think that would go very much in line with how. You know, baseball is trying to reinvent itself now and like make itself a more mm-hmm. like. I think you had a, an overall pretty good All Star weekend. Like a lot of the young faces, and I think there's a lot of excitement. Why not just have guys do captains? Why not? You could do like the the fun backyard baseball thing, yep. with the hands on the bat to see who goes first. You could even do like four teams, and do like a. You know, it'd be fun. Shorten the infield. Like, get gimmicky with it. Who mm-hmm. cares? Like, you, like, might as well, like, make more fun out of it. I don't know. 97-01, to 01, the American League won. Then in 2 there was a tie. And then... Stupid. 03-09, the American League won. 2010-2012 was the nice little reign of terror for the National League. And then since 2013, the American League Yeah, you're won. welcome for that. <laughs> and yet, the American League is only 46-43 and 43 all time in the All-Star game. Wow. That's impressive. It's just, you know, it, it it's of all the I think um all the of all the All-Star games, I think it's the one that is always just kind of cuz baseball itself like isn't like a particularly like I don't want to disparage baseball, but it's not like a typically like, very exciting sport and it's Okay, so basketball when the All-Stars are playing together, there's clearly a level that the game goes mm-hmm. up and you're watching guys do stuff that like only these guys can do this and would only do it in an All-Star. And game. Would, uh, yeah, like there's a level that like wow, like they're really just having fun out there. You're kind of seeing some like dream matchups, you're seeing like really crazy like dunks, you're seeing guys just pull up from half court and it's a lot of fun. Baseball like they're still like they're like playing it. There's still like strategy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just, it doesn't feel like an all-star game. It doesn't feel like fantasy where like a lot of other, it's similar to the NFL. The NFL has the same problem with, with the pro bowl that it doesn't really feel fun. 
it doesn't feel like this is really that much different from a normal game. You know, like the All-Star game in NBA is always like 189 to 175. And baseball's like, yeah, it was a it was a 3-2 thriller. It's like, no one wants to see that. We just yeah. watched 3,000 home runs the night before. And you want me to be excited about, like, a pitching duel? <laughs> no. I do think the one cool thing from this game was that uh, Otani gets the win. The save goes to Liam Hendricks, who is Australian. And then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins the MVP. He's Dominican. I think you should do it. Four teams. Everyone has to play each position. Pitcher, like, I want to, I want to see freaking, I want to see JT throwing pitches. Like, why not? Like, who keeps? Or just make, or make it like the NBA has like USA versus the world. Right. Have USA versus the world as the All Star game. Yeah. Like you have the. That's how they do the futures game. Change, change it up a little bit. Change it up a little bit. It definitely needs to shake up. It's so cool because you know you are seeing like the best and I, I do like that baseball like you kind of have like platoons of like different guys coming in but i i just think you know baseball itself has has these issues where it's like season's kind of long and it's kind of hard you also <laughs> had two pittsburgh pirates in the starting lineup for the national league all-stars which is a little it's a tough look that's a tough look but uh also shout out to our guy nick castellanos because absolute legend the fact that his mom <laughs> absolute shout it all around just an amazing human coming through uh, and then her remarks to you saying that he was the face of baseball Twitter. Come to find out, Nick Cassianos has a flip phone. You know what? I respect that. And I, I thought it was a joke. Twenty twenty one, still having a flip phone. And then they did a news hit on him being an all star, and his brother was on like the spot, and his brother was like, "Yeah, if there's any pictures or anything, I have to send." It goes right to his wife because she has you know an iPhone and has access to the internet. <laughs> You know what though? I I respect I respect the commitment to just like not caring about that yeah. stuff. It, you know, like it it's probably very easy to care too much about uh, what people say about you and like social media. If if I was a pro athlete, I think I would just like stay off it completely because I think it, it probably does a lot more worse than it does good for you to like hear I don't know guy on couch 42 yelling at you about <laughs> something stupid that's out of your control. I am just curious how he has an Instagram. Wondering I, if he has like a I, tablet. I'd, I'd have to imagine maybe it's even like a, maybe he's like a social media team. Or his wife does yeah, maybe, it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's like a family, just kind of like a business type of, I don't know. Good for him though. We love, we love our Reds. Big fan of Nick Castillo. They're in the wild card hunt. They are. I mean, we technically are too, you know, just like not in the same way. <laughs> um, I think we're like six, six or seven games back on the wild card. So we're also on the hunt for vaccines, so. Yeah, well, that's, you know, at the trade deadline, that's really what we'd be shopping for. Is <laughs> That's what Dombrowski's looking for. Yeah, we're looking for, for uh, this guy, Mo Derna. Uh, he's <laughs> P. Pfizer? Yeah, he's a big hitter. Big hitter. Uh, speaking of the trade deadline, too. He's got a, a, a 980 <laughs> OPS. <laughs> <laughs> you The guy's got it. Tons of saves this year. You would not believe he might set the record. His save conversion, 96%. <laughs> What's his uh, exit velocity like? <laughs> Jesus, you do not want to know. His career worst, 87%. <laughs> that's under the worst conditions, too. Yeah, that's when he's pitching in Colorado. <laughs> the altitude. Um <laughs>
We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. We talked about this in April, and now it's finally resurfacing, so people can thank us for bringing it to the light. Uh, Cole Hamels will be throwing for teams this week. We said back in April, should the Phillies bring him back? And we said absolutely, because we couldn't trust Matt Moore. Huh. Shocker. <laughs> couldn't just trust Chase <laughs> if only, Anderson. If only we Shocker. knew. Oh, we were so young and naive. We were like, well, maybe they'll work out, but you know, can't hurt. And uh, Cole Hamels will throw for teams. The Phillies will be there. And if Cole Hamels looks anywhere close to a pitcher, it would be malpractice if the Phillies didn't sign him. My worry is that uh, he he isn't, and there's sometimes there's a reason that guys like aren't really around anymore, you know. And there might be a reason that other teams haven't been interested, and that he's kind of having to have like a, he is coming back from injury. Right, right, right. But you know, like at his age. He was already like declining a little bit. You just you wonder if maybe it's over. I will and... say, Jack Fritz brought this up on the High Hopes podcast. What Cole Hamels did, even when he was injured last year, like he was still around in the dugout, was still like helping out that Definitely Braves pitching staff. That. And like the Braves pitchers last year had like career years, and now that he's gone, not doing so well. And I mean, our veteran, <laughs> our veteran pitcher of choice the last couple years was Jake Arrieta. I haven't gotten over how good it felt just watching Jake Arietta just get bombed to oblivion. Arietta, Workman, and Nick Pavetta, all in a row. I I saw uh, the ERAs for all of them. Oh, uh, it's beautiful during that during that stretch was pretty good. I think Arietta had a thirty-seven. <laughs> Always true Phillies at heart. Yeah, I'm. I think JT took some extra joy in, in a oh, lot of totally. that. I think I think there's. He had some extra juice in the back pocket. <laughs> the three horsemen of Philly's past. Oh, uh, God, disgusting. So, you know, on call, I think, if he still has it, it, it'd be like, listen, like there's a nostalgia. There's like clearly a nostalgia factor here. If it was any other pitcher, we would not be sitting here having this discussion. We just want it. Yeah. Because it's Cole Hamels, because we love him to death. And I think a like, lot of people just want him to finish his career here. But, right. You know, if... Listen, if he has something to offer, get him on the team, of course. But I do worry that maybe the best is behind him. And sometimes, you know, like, it's cool that you went out on a no-hitter here. And if yeah. that's if that's the last memory, then that's great. Because, listen, banners, memories, that last forever. It's untouched. It's pristine. You know, if this guy comes here and he gets dog-walked in I August, think the other... It's going to suck. The other, like... <laughs> like fear here is that we don't sign him when we had the ability to he goes to another team and it's say like you know the Padres or something like that he helps them out they get to the playoffs they get to the World Series whatever it may be and sure the Phillies are nowhere close to being the World Series but like if if you have the ability to sign a guy and he looks the part it would be 
total malpractice for the Phillies to not bring Cole Hamels in. Just for veteran leadership-wise, obviously the nostalgia factor would play, and this team has been up and down this year. If you bring Cole Hamels in, you're going to get people to come to the stadium to see Cole Hamels return. And I think it's just one of those things where, like, boom, you let him retire as a Philly, so we don't have to see him in that disgusting Atlanta Braves uniform ever again. Right. Yeah, like when you click on his player profile, you yeah. see the... Ugh. Disgusting. Um, I was at a swim meet yesterday. My nephew swim meet, and there was a kid who, uh, during his warmups, was wearing a Cole Hamels jersey. Like that kid has it. <laughs> he's got, he's the, got that. He's got the right idea. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, you said it all. It'd be great to have him back, but if it's not there, it's not there, and there's there's no sense in like bringing him back just to be a nostalgia boy and just to get worked over. You know, if if you have a role for him where he could be like a mentor, be like almost like a, an extra pitching coach. That could be definitely fruitful. But I, I think the Phillies should be more focused on trade deadline and acquiring other talent. You know, like I, I think that should be the priority here over a potential call. The other thing side. with Hamels is it only costs you money. Right, yeah. You're not you're not giving up any capital. You're not trading here. Like you From know, the just, standpoint of like if he does look good, it's only right. costing you, you know, X probably amount. the vet minimum. Right. Which is, you know, listen, we've thrown our money at worse things. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more money, I should say, too. Hi, Jake. Um, I mean, just look at some of his, uh, what would be his some of his teammates uh, that we signed four months ago that are immediately regrettable. Yeah. Hello, Brandon Kinsler. Um, <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> Matt Moore. Uh, <laughs> Mace Banderson. <laughs> Can't even do anything with Matt Moore's name because it's the same thinking letter uh i mean they're 500 which is like the best case scenario for it's, where they were it actually is too that's what's the the talk of the all-star game was joe buck bringing up the elephant in the room where he shouldn't have with chris bryant <laughs> being mic'd up talking about you know if he gets traded you know all this stuff and he was asked you know if there's a position that he could uh, play for the next 10 years like just one position what would it be and he said center field so of course Philly's Twitter took that and ran with it and said oh let's go trade for Chris Bryant make him our center fielder Chris Bryant is I think one of the most linked to Philly yeah. players that we've had in any sport in a very long time probably first since oh I'm, I'm blanking on the hockey player Johnny Gaudreau well Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau's to Mike Trout. <laughs> right, right. But it's just like every Oh, there's a there's a hockey player from back in the day that I'll find it. But Chris Bryant, center field, obviously it makes sense for the Phillies because they need a center fielder. But I don't know if you're making a deal for Chris Bryant for him to play center field when defensively he's better at third base than Alec Bohm is. He's better, I think, at a lot of things than Alec Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I think the Chris Bryant connection came as soon as we signed Bryce Harper because they're both Vegas boys and right. they know each other and they're friends and everything. So, who knows what that does for the clubhouse. He's a very handsome man. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Is it Matt Duchesne that always got linked to the Flyers? That, that, that could be correct. You know, I, I, I wonder who uh, what GM uh, sent – Joe Buck that text is like, hey, why don't you uh, why don't you ask Chris Bryant about what he wants to do and uh, ask him about uh, the Cubs' eleven game lose streak? 
Can we bring him home with us? Why don't you ask him if he's happy or not? Like, um, yeah. Shout out to Joe Buck, though. Joe Buck gets a lot of hate, and I think it's all very undeserved. To me, he totally. is like the voice. As I've gotten older, I've, I've to appreciated To me, he is the him. voice of, of baseball, especially like postseason baseball. And I, I think he's a good... You know what's weird is like every fan is convinced that every announcer hates their team. And it's mm-hmm. like, and they're like, oh, they're such a he's so-and-so brought that up fan. Too, which is great. It's But it's like, dude, like... I don't know, man. I, I think these guys just do the best they can. And uh, if you ever tried to commentate over a game for more than seven minutes, I think you'd realize it's an incredibly, incredibly difficult job uh, just to speak over a game, let alone to be good at it. Yeah. Like, it's not easy to commentate sports, man. It's not easy at all. Like, it is, it is a definite skill to, to have. Yeah. I mean, should he have addressed that? On the All-Star Probably game, not. Chris Bryant's mic'd up. Probably not. But, hey, but you know what it did do? Content. Created buzz. And there you listen, go. That's what, uh, that's what the world's about now. You ask the dumb question that gets answered because you know to get your clicks. That's that's how it works. It's like those lists. It's like those anger, uh, anger bait, like, instead of clickbait, like, those lists where it's like, here's why uh, Toy Story actually sucks. And it's like, oh, okay, let's see what this idiot has to say. Like, okay, they know what they're doing. They're getting you in with this, like, very annoying or this 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 thing is like, all right, well, I got to see what this is about. This is bad that I was about to text Dylan who the hockey player was, and as soon as I was texting Dylan, I remembered who it was because Dylan's hockey man. Chris Bryant is to the Phillies as Shea Weber is to the Flyers. We almost traded for Shea yes. Weber. We were uh, at the... <laughs> at the 11th hour with Mr. Weber, he got traded and immediately got signed to that absolutely yeah. massive deal to the uh, to the Predators. I do remember that. We always talked about Shea Weber with the Flyers for like almost a decade. Yeah. Well, God bless her Flyers. They're out there somewhere. Those guys. Wherever you are. <laughs> uh, and speaking of trades, uh, the, the here we go Joker gif has started with... <laughs> Ben Simmons as Shamsharania from the Athletic. Get him out of here! <laughs> has started to link the 76ers to Ben Simmons' trade talks and has linked us to wanting Damian Lillard. The fire rises. <laughs> Listen, if you know us, we are all about Dame time. I'm all about Ben Simmons out of Philly time. <laughs> I'm so done with, with him, dude. I am so over it. I don't want to hear it. I can't believe there's still people on Twitter pulling their pants down for this guy. He doesn't care. He's nope. never going to care. While we, while we still can, convince some other GM who's going to use Ben Simmons to get him another four years of his job. Just do it. Get him out of here. And I, I, you know what? I trust Darren Morey to find a, a good situation and find a good trade and get good value. Daryl Morey somehow traded Al freaking Horford for value. <laughs> Just let the man do his job. Because I, I, I promise you, if there's a Ben Simmons trade, it's going to be a good one. We're not going to get some schlub for it. And even if the initial trade could be underwhelming, I do 1,000% have obscene faith in Daryl Morey to get us where we want to be. This is the picture I'm really This I'm was really the one that got me right juiced. Here. Matisse doing 
Just insider oh, work. That little rat. <laughs> not even, not just Australia beating Team USA to send Dame home earlier, but just talking to Dame before the U.S. played Australia in their exhibition game for Olympic qualifiers. What a guy. That just increased the we need to keep Matisse liable here as long as possible. <laughs> Listen, Matisse, all I'm saying is don't get too comfy. That's it. Because <laughs> I'm going the other way, my friend. <laughs> Matisse, just do your thing. Do Convince him to come here. Do what must be done. Listen, in all seriousness, I don't see a future for Ben Simmons on this no. team. And it's not even just an emotional thing. It's not even just like, this guy burned me, and now I want like scorched earth on him. It is very, very, very obvious at this point. I think you're being naive. I, I really do think you're being naive if you don't see an issue with how Ben Simmons performs in the playoffs, how his skill set does not really match a playoff atmosphere, mm-hmm. and that teams can very simply game plan against him. And teams didn't even have to do that very much this year. Like He was, he was passing up open dunks, man. Come on. Like, it's just, it is completely 100% indefensible how he performed in these playoffs, and it's not the first time. And it is very obvious that it is, that it is not going the direction we needed to with this guy. And you, you need to change. Is it going to be easy to find a trade partner, to find a team, to find a player or players that give you that value? No. Ben Simmons is not a terrible player. He has good skill set, he, he is a unique type of player. But he's also unique in that he's very flawed at a very important part of the game. You can find value for Ben Simmons. The value is still there. You're still going to be able to convince someone that he's worth it. And he could be for another team. Listen, we have different aspirations right now as a, as a team, as an organization, than some other team will. If the Phillies, if you could offer the Phillies some like kind of like a eh, flawed player or a player that's like, He's only got like two years left. Yep. But if that meant the Phillies were in the playoffs, Phillies and every Philly fan wants that move to happen. Yep. Whereas a team like the Dodgers that has different aspirations probably isn't making totally. a move like that. Right? Like it's just it's there's different tiers sometimes. And some teams just want to be back in the playoffs. And if Ben Simmons they believe can get them there, then God bless them. We will take them um, for everything they got. <laughs> I hear great uh, Portland's great this time of year. Portland's a beautiful city. Why not? So it's, I, th- I think Ben would look great in a Blazers uniform. But listen, I, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens at the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, we got, what, two weeks till the draft, which is interesting. There's lots of talk about movement in the top five, top six, teams wanting to move up and down, whatever. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I just, I do not see a path forward for Ben Simmons on the team. I just don't. And, and I don't want to either. I like I genuinely do not want to watch Ben Simmons play basketball for the 76ers next year. I just don't. I'm I'm burnt out on it. I haven't watched basketball since. He has just he has eroded my trust with him and he has taken some joy from me. I will say yeah. that too. The uh do you find it weird? Cause like he could kind of just stay silent on Twitter about it. We love Daryl. But Daryl just like going hardcore supporting Ben Simmons, like any kind of like anti anti Ben Simmons take that comes out Daryl's in the mentions but do we not remember when Daryl was vehemently pro Ben Simmons in I don't know say November December and he was uh about to get traded for James Harden (laughs) during that time period very true um until you know 
the rockets decided to just like blow their own ship up. <laughs> hey, um, we're willing to offer you uh, this Wagyu steak. Uh, actually, we're, we already uh, took the uh, packet of Slim Jims, so we're just gonna... <laughs> we're good. We're good. Um, Daryl Morey, he's not an idiot. No, like we love Daryl. Like that's the thing too is like, well, here's the evidence that clearly Ben is staying. Like, no, like no. Daryl Morey is just not gonna. Because listen, let's say you don't even get a trade done, you cannot walk into next season. The only no. way this gets worse is if you make a situation negative and even more untenable for one of your 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 star players on your team. Like that is a recipe for meltdown and disaster, which you do not want. He's going to keep it cool. He's going to pump up his value. If you think that Daryl Morey didn't like dictate that exact text, that exact message to these, to these uh, writers and to these source guys about how Ben Simmons is more committed than ever to improving his game and listing off his resume. If you think Daryl Morey did not type that out and send that to someone, you are, Again, being very naive, okay? His job as a GM is, and Daryl's smart at this. He's known for this. He's known for, you know, pushing a narrative a certain direction. He is not going to come out and be anti-Ben Simmons. He's not going to come out and be negative Ben Simmons. That's just stupid. And again, he was pro-Ben Simmons. He was talking about how he wanted to see the the, the Toby, the Ben, the Embiid, uh, play together like that trio together and he was still willing to trade ben simmons during that entire conversation so i don't know what to tell you and that was before ben simmons shit his pants in the playoffs (laughs) like i'm sorry the the writing is so clearly on the wall with this guy i've never seen it before in my life like this where like it is so obviously going one way for this guy here outside of faults i've never seen anything like it where it's like this guy it's just not gonna happen here it just isn't it's uh it's gonna be a wild off season. Uh and since we're in the off season with the Eagles, I don't know if you saw this kind of going viral. Uh it's from a while ago if I'm not mistaken, but uh Braden Turner at B Turner twenty three found a clip from the Bustin' with the Boys podcast with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton where Travis Kelsey uh pronounces his last name and now people are wondering if we've been pronouncing Travis and Jason Kelsey's last names incorrectly for almost a decade. It's, it's, I got Kelsey and then Kels. My real name is Kels, so, I mean, I just kind of roll with the punches. <laughs> no, shut up. There's no way. This is like the blue or gold dress thing, right? Where it's like, <laughs> it's very obviously white and gold, but everyone's just like lying. Everyone's just like making a joke. I've never once heard Jason Kelsey correct Kels? anybody. About the pronunciation of his last name. I don't know, Travis. I'm going to need to see some... I'm thinking uh, Travis is playing people like a fiddle right there. Trying to just... I'm uh, going to need to see some documentation on this. Is this like a... uh, From... Like, where are they from? Are they Ireland, I'm guessing, or something? Like... Ohio? Yeah, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) But like... Dublin. There's there's just no way. Yeah, Dublin, Ohio. (laughs) Been there. Great time. I said, there's no way that their last name is just Kels. No chance. No chance. Try again. Try again, Travi. If if it was being pronounced incorrectly this entire time, I'm pretty sure one of them, if not both, would have corrected media members, let the team people know, like, this is how my last name is pronounced. Yeah, I I find that just a a little hard to believe. A little hard to believe. Yeah, there's just no way. Um... 
Been taking Travis Kelsey a lot in mock drafts. He that is, he is the best. Tough. It's a tough look. <laughs> I have done. I can tell you how many best ball drafts I've done. Um, best ball is my drug. I you do love best ball. I have I have a disease. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it is July fourteenth. <laughs> For context, I am in on Yahoo one. <laughs> I'm in 11 best ball leagues on Yahoo already. To get in the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. They're free. Here's why I like this. This is my method. They're mock drafts. That's how I look at them. Because they're free. They mean nothing. But they also mean a little something. There's at least some incentive for people to, like, take, like, you know. No one's taking, like, Patrick Mahomes 101 in this. You know, like, people are at least taking it kind of seriously. But goddamn, do I love best ball. <laughs> what a fantastic invention. Yeah, I've been doing, like... <laughs> <laughs> like two or three a week i'll just fire up if i'm like bored but like, let me just do a best ball draft and then i've done a few on draft kicks that are actual money which i'm i'm definitely gonna regret because um i'm sure someone's gonna get hurt and i'm just gonna have burned you know <laughs> the money that i spent on the draft right away um we'll wrap up with a couple things the euro 2020 yeah occurred it went to penalties and it set the internet ablaze uh, about playing for 120 minutes and then having to go to PKs. How do you think the uh, the Euros went? And then your thoughts. I thought it made for fantastic theater, just like every American soccer fan, I'm sure, thought. But a lot of people seem to think that the penalty, kick, penalty kicks being the determining factor for a championship is uh, not so great. A lot of English people, I think, uh, yes. have been making that case. Um I saw one that it should be settled uh, by who is leading the most in the game, uh, which just so happened to have been England in this in this game uh, for for a good amount of time. I thought it was it was a great tournament. Uh, the Euros is always a lot of fun because there's usually a little more chaos than there is with like the World Cup. The World Cup like it's kind of like there's less underdogs. There's the, you kind of see like the bigger like marquee matchups this Euro. I think especially with how condensed this like uh domestic season was you saw some like teams like just not really have the energy and you saw some other teams just kind of like going these nice little runs which was exciting i think ultimately italy england probably like the two best teams in the tournament i think does deserve to be in the final which is not common in tournaments because it's one game you could lose one game and it's over um italy probably the better team over the course of the the 120 minutes penalties suck it you know like i shouldn't say penalties suck the drama of penalties is amazing it just you know it just kind of sucks when that's what decides it you know like it's just because the, the margins are so thin but that's it's also what it is man like it, it is what it is and you have england missing one penalty having two others saved it's it's tragic but that's the beautiful part of it and it's not the first final to be decided mm -hmm. by penalties either like it's just it isn't um it's not the first time that italy has done this in, in you know in the 06 world cup where where 
penalty machines, you know, to, to go on and, and win the World Cup in that way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get the hesitancy about you know, having it all decided by penalties because, again, the margins can be so thin on it. But if you can't figure it out in 120 minutes, it's got to end somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it, you can't you can't just have it uh, have it go nowhere. So I thought it was really exciting. It was a really good tournament. And now, you know, you're just a month away from uh, from domestic league starting back up, which is exciting. And the U.S. are in the Gold Cup, which is cool. But it was, a, it was a great thing. I love the Euros. And I guess the one good thing, if you can call it that, of it being postponed is now it's only like a year or so until like a year and a half till the World Cup, which is in the winter in 2022, which is going to be bizarre. But yeah, overall, I was I was very pleased with how the Euros went. It's very, very exciting. Very good Euros. And Italy, I think ultimately very deserving. So Making Gunter is Chris Long's podcast co-host, and he came up with what he thinks is the solution for penalty kicks, and I wanted your take on this, being our resident soccer guy, um, because I think it's pretty interesting. And this was uh, on their podcast, Greenlight with Chris Long. Chris Long is a very complimentary person. side of it for England who missed three kicks 
but the pressure's on the kicker because you know how hard it is to save the ball. So if you compare it to, to kicking a big field goal, hitting a big free throw, there's nothing like it in my opinion. There's nothing like it that happens with more regularity. How many times does a free throw decide the game? You know, it just doesn't. Usually when you walk up and you're Only Ben Simmons is playing. I think it's an interesting prospect um yeah wouldn't work though because <laughs> i mean there's there's strategy in the penalty shootouts as well and you saw that in mm-hmm. england italy because gareth southgate brings on marcus rashford jane sancho who end up both missing penalties but guys that marcus rashford has hit like speaking of big penalties he he scored one for manchester united to knock psg out of the champions league a few years ago in like it was the last, essentially the last kick of the game, a very similar situation, not necessarily in scope and pressure, um, but you know he's hit big penalty shots before. Jaden Sancho, not really a slouch either, like a guy that's like cool, composed. You'd expect to to probably do better in that situation, but that's you know you you introduce some strategy as well. There was famously in the 2014 World Cup, Louis Van Gaal, the manager for the Netherlands, subbed off his goalkeeper. To bring in Tim Krul, who was a better penalty stopper than the starting goalkeeper, um, and it worked. It worked for the the one penalty shootout he did it. So, yeah, there's there's all types of strategy. I think that gets really interesting when you start, you know, the last five or six minutes. He starts bringing on these guys that you know are better at penalty shots than than others. Um, I think Gareth made a mistake in not giving Rashford and Jaden more time across the whole tournament, but let alone. It's very hard to bring guys in cold and just have them take, you know, again, like the biggest shot of their career. I felt really bad for Bakayo Saka, the guy who ultimately misses the, the penalty that would have kept England in it because he's 19 years old. Uh, last season was like his first like really full senior season as a player and, you know, gets gets his way to England. To put that kind of shot on him, that was the first penalty shot he had had in his senior career. And... There are players that will go their entire career, their entire life, and never have a, a moment like that, have to, to face a shot like that. And for him, they've gotten it so early on. Having really no experience in that kind of pressure situation is crazy. But, yeah, the the, the penalty shootout is, is, I think, one of the most intense moments in all of sport. Um, even for the Italy-Spain one to get to the final, I was, like, on the edge of my seat. And they're they're just fantastic drama, fantastic theater. Jordan Pickford saves Jorginho's penalty, which I was yelling at Sarah during the Italy-Spain game that Jorginho just, he never misses penalties. That's like his thing. He's missed like, I think he had missed like two out of his last like 40-something, um, you know, because he does this like hop step to kind of like send the keeper the wrong way. And Pickford saves it, which is just so unusual. And then it all comes crashing down because it's ultimately for nothing. Like, you know, that's what sports about ultimately. Like it's all about the highs and the lows and you got plenty of them in that shootout. It was definitely, as far as penalty shootouts goes, well, it was one of the more entertaining ones because there was the drama. You Bilotti missed one early on and you think, wow, like Italy's going to, it England's going to go on and win this. Like you really felt that way. Like it really felt and then. Rashford hits the post and it all immediately switches because it's level from that point on and Italy smelled blood and were able to go out there and get it. It was funny, their goalkeeper, uh, Donnarumma, 
if you were watching the game, you saw him after he saves the final penalty. They win. Walks off very coolly. He didn't realize that they had won. He was just so in the zone that he was just walking off, you know, kind of mentally preparing for the next one. Nice. It wasn't until people were running over yelling at him and hugging him that he it set in that he had actually, like, it was over. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, and on the soccer front, I was talking to uh, our good friend and FIFA streamer extraordinaire, Don Ponteri. Uh, he is all in for when Premier League comes back. Oh, yeah. The revival of top ends. Listen. I said, hey, man, we'll game plan. <laughs> Well, Dom is very happy that Italy won as well. Dom yes. is uh, Dom is our our resident Italian, so he, he was very pleased. <laughs> uh, so keep an eye out. Like he's not mid August. He's not Dominic anymore. He's Domenico. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the next year at least. Uh, so keep an eye out. Uh, the Top Ends Pie, our first spinoff podcast ever, uh, might be making its revival in the next month or so. Uh, and we'll wrap up on this. Our friends, the Arkells. They uh they have a new album coming out, Blink Once, coming September twenty second. Uh includes a whole bunch of amazing songs on it, including their uh their hit single, You Can Get It with K Flay. And they're going back out on tour, uh now that Canada is starting to open back up. Um so shout out to the Arkells. Can't wait for the album. They just announced that the artwork looks sick. And uh if you're not listening to Arkells, what are you doing? They're Many people are saying game. that we've been looking for the people's champ. So there it is. Uh, any final thoughts on our stupid fills, our stupid Sixers, or anything in between, Matt? Other than Bradley Beal just uh, placed into uh, health and safety protocols at Team USA camp. Oh, that's good. That's well. I hope everyone's okay. Obviously. Placing his return to play status up in the air. Sources tell Shams Charania and Joe Varden. Well. That is interesting news to end on. Uh, the Olympics start next week, so... Yeah, with no fans. No fans, which is... Just sucks. sucks. But you know what? It is what it is also. I, I'm glad that you're, we're even getting the Olympics. Um, I'm not a, a, a health crisis manager, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, if they're happening and they can happen safely, that's great. It's definitely going to be a bummer having no fans, though, because the fans really make the Olympics what it is, and... But I am looking forward uh, to one of my favorite things about the Olympics is just like 10 a.m. Just throwing on like beach volleyball, yes. you know, like it's just like just the random sports that you only watch every four years. But you love when they are on like I forget how much I love beach volleyball yes. and um, archery, oh like how, God, how yes. insane archery gets. Like I'm really looking forward to having that back. Uh, water polo is insane to watch. That's one of my favorites. Handball, like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having uh, that back. You know, just waking up uh, from a nap or falling asleep to a random, <laughs> yeah. a random sport. That's that's what I'm really looking forward to the most. I think. Uh, my final thought: the Phillies, uh, obviously, during the All Star break, which I kind of liked that it was this way. Uh, the Major League Baseball draft happened over All Star break. I kind of hope that's the way it goes moving forward usually it's in june um but i did not hate that it was happening like during this break kind of put more focus on it the the thing with the draft though is that it uh you know with the the player money slots and stuff it's not 
aesthetically like consumable for fans that aren't hardcore into baseball and like even i have a tough time like following everything oh, you don't get a out slot and up slotting oh uh, he's the worst that just doesn't come uh <laughs> you're just saying it's that's not a natural so concept bad. for people to understand <laughs> uh but they go with a high school arm in the first round and i was very bummed that they didn't get my first two uh options but andrew painter uh he's like one of those high upside guys he's only 18 uh, kind of going that same Mick Abel route where, like, Mick Abel's, like, you know he's going to be a stud, but this kid, like, Jack Fritz and a bunch of other people have said, like, put him with the Phillies, you know, development staff that's down, like, low minor leagues, and he's got four pitches. He's six foot six, six foot seven, hits, like, 95 right now. Um, so, I mean, for that, at that spot and the way the draft went, it was weird. Like some of the best players like fell to like double digits. And yeah. Which was bizarre. was very weird. Like I'm very mad that the Mets got Kumar rocker from Vanderbilt. I was hoping he was going to fall three more spots. I do. I do like the positional address yeah. that the, the Phillies made. It's pretty much all outfield and pitching. They got um, Ethan Wilson who like a lot, maybe of people... like five years behind on that, but you know what? At least, yeah, <laughs> at least we're doing it now. <laughs> Ethan Wilson is like, he could be very legit, and to get him in the second round is is great. Um, and then this kid, all name team, Griff McGarry, oh man, University of Virginia. Uh, he just looks like big t- big moments don't phase him. He's energetic, and uh, Jack Fritz also said reminds him of Roy Oswald. So one of one of five dirty boys we'll take that uh and then jose pena jr is a guy that a lot of people are talking about he's like one of the uh if i'm not mistaken he was like one of the top juco arms um that he was going to be going to junior college he's coming out of high school they they did a lot of like younger high upside you know there's some risk taken in some of these picks but overall like i'm not mad about it plus they draft the guy who's Hyphenated last name is Acuna, so, and he's an outfielder. Hey, rest up to uh, to Ronald Acuna. Yes, that's such a bummer. Sucks. Um, and then also shout out to uh, South Jersey. More kids getting drafted. Mainland player, right? Mainland first round. Um, and then local Vineland kid, Josh Hood, gets drafted by the Red Sox. Uh, don't know if Josh is gonna sign with the Red Sox just because he is committed to NC State. So I would assume he'd want to get his draft stock back up after not playing all of last year because of everything the Ivy League did. Um, so he transferred to NC State. But a bunch of South Jersey kids got drafted yet again. And uh, the mainland kid, first uh, South Jersey prospect drafted in the first round since Mike Trout. Pretty good company. Good to company. Be in. Uh, so he goes to the Twins, which they are building up on South Jersey talent. They have. Um, I think three guys now from South Jersey in their system or on the major league team. So it's a pitcher too, right? Yeah. They are they are the pitcher whispers they, in Minnesota. And all three guys that they have are are pitchers from South Jersey. So um Devin Smeltzer is the one who famously like beat cancer. Right. Met Chase Utley when he was at the at Citizens Bank Park and then they ended up being teammates on the Dodgers. And then uh the other i'm blanking on their oh cody shaystack um local kid he went to oak crest i actually went to college with his wife um he's on the big league club now too so twins know how to develop pitching so if there's a team one of the teams that you wanted to end up with if you're a pitcher it's the minnesota twins so shout out to everybody that got drafted 
in the MLB draft, and hopefully we're seeing some of these Phillies guys a lot sooner than we have with some of the prospects over the last like five or six years because I'm tired of waiting, and I want to see some of these guys play. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content and subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you want the Phillies to do as the trade deadline is like two ish, two and a half weeks away. Uh, who you want to see them go get? Do you want them to go sign Cole Hamels? Uh, where you think Ben Simmons is going to end up? And anything else in between. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And we know they're five stars. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Odyssey. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Big thank you to our sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro, Foot Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP at checkout to get 25% off your entire order from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you can get the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com for 10% off with our code USP. You can get the vodka sodas on their website as well. You got to be 21 or older to purchase, and of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny Tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who has Kenny's on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to enjoy. And, of course, please drink responsibly. We'll be back later this week as the Phils open up the second half of the season with the easiest schedule by opponent record during the entire second half, which probably means they'll fall flat on their face come the end of September. Uh, but until then, make sure you follow us on Twitch to know when we go live, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 344. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for the